<laughs> oh man, uh, can, can you hear me? Okay, yeah, this is uh, that was fun. That made me feel uh, special. I, I feel important now. Watching that video, I feel like that's the uh, the first time I've watched it from beginning to end. I always kind of just skip through it, but uh, well, thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. Um, I appreciate all of you guys from those that I've had personal relationships with and so, to some of you guys have only had a chance to communicate through email, but good to see all of my pastor friends, Randy, who's a brother to me, Bill. Uh, thank you, Renee. Thank you for Doug and the entire TSF team. Um, Dwayne, he already did such an amazing devotional that I, I'm not even going to try to compete with him and, uh, and trying to do this sermonically. I'll just try to, uh, share a bit of my story and uh, in any way that we can honor God with it, uh, we'll do that. Um, so as you saw, uh, you know, our, our church started three years ago. Uh, God has really, really blessed us. We started in uh, Easter 2018 and uh, it's been rapid growth in just three short years. We've, uh, we're over three, no, 1350 now. We grew about 1300 members in three years. And um, we just seen drastic change in our city, literally drastic change and still to this day, um, seeing drastic change. God has blessed us. But as you know, pastors, whenever there's growth, you know, it can add stress, right? And so whenever there's stress, I, I learned a quote a while ago that whenever you feel stress, there's a need for structure. And uh, started looking at our ministry, looking at our life, looking at our leadership team and started realizing there were a lot of areas that we could fine tune some things and uh, really add some greater structure. And as we continue to grow even now, every day is still adding structure. And I think any pastor could uh, could agree with me on that, that it's like, you know, it seems like from week to week, things need to be restructured, readjusted. Um, but it's been an amazing blessing for us just in, um, in, in how we've grown, how God has blessed us. And then this year coming into partnership with the Salomon's Foundation. And I, and I know that I'm singing to the choir right now because all of you guys understand the benefit and the blessing of uh having this partnership, but it really has been a tremendous blessing for, for us because uh, we were in the school and we were trying to figure out how we want to purchase our building. We were going to go to another company that I will not name. I've learned now I don't name companies, but we were going to go to another company and uh, uh, was later introduced to uh, the Salmon Foundation by my brother, Mark uh, Waite, who so, and he opened the door for us and got a chance to meet Randy and Doug, had some amazing conversations. And this, this is just culminated to the blessing of us purchasing our first facility um, right, in, right in the center, center of the city. And the amazing thing about that story is the building that we purchased uh, was at one point just a dream. Uh, the, we used to you know, reach out to the owner uh, to rent the parking lot so that we can have outdoor services in the summer in the parking lot of that building. And um, we had a few outdoor services. They were, they were amazing. And it was after the last outdoor service that uh, one of the people on our team said, hey, Pastor, you know this building is for sale? And uh, at first I act, acted like I didn't hear them because I, I didn't think we could afford it. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it's for sale. But you know, one day, like by faith, by faith. And what they did not know was that after they left, I actually walked back in front of the building and like, just by faith, I started speaking over. I, I, I may still have the video on my phone actually. I just thought about that. But just by faith, I was just speaking over the building and saying that one day it'd be ours. And we were praying about it. And uh, my wife was driving by the building one time. I asked her to pray with me. She was driving by the building. And uh, she was like, God, give me a sign. Give me a sign. And so she circled around the building. 
and uh, our name was up on the back of the building. We had, we had left the sign there and it said Evolved Church <laughs> on the rear of the building. My wife called me like, you won't believe this. And I'm like, what? She's like, our sign is on the building. And turns out we had left the sign. And so the owner put the sign up on the building so that if we drove by, we could see the sign. But he didn't know. He left the sign for a different reason. For us, it was really a prophetic sign to say, hey, this is what God has for us. And so we began to move forward on it. And uh, in June of this year, we closed on the building. We're just getting ready to start construction this up and coming month. And so God has been amazingly uh, blessing us with that. And uh, at the same time of dealing with growing, so in three years, we grew from from eight people on our launch team to over 1,300 people. And in the same three years, we also also became the chaplain of the Milwaukee Bucks. And um, I became the chaplain because some of the guys, it started with one guy, Malcolm Brogdon, who, who I actually shared my faith with in his in his um, in his bathroom in his apartment building, and um, it's funny how you know Colossians four and six says, "Let your speech be always seasoned with salt." New Living Translation says, "With grace, so that you'll always have a way to answer whoever asks about your faith." And so I was cutting his hair, and um, you know I'm very bold about my faith. You know clearly I talk about my faith everywhere I go. And he asked me one time. He said, "Hey man, I see you very vocal about your faith." I was born and raised in church, but I haven't been to church in over 10 years because I have some issues and some things that really challenge my faith. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, I would like to ask you. And so it started with a conversation that ended up lasting about two hours. And after a two hour conversation in this bathroom after a haircut, um, I prayed with him and he rededicated his life. He accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of personal savior right there in the bathroom uh, in his apartment building. And uh, he came to church that following Sunday. So that was a Wednesday, that following Sunday, he came to church and uh, he started telling guys, like, hey guys, you gotta come. And so I'm preaching one day, he walks in and then I seen uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo walk in church with him. And then I look up and I seen Thon Maker walk in church. And I looked up and I saw Chris Middleton walking in church. And, you know, I've never been nervous with preaching, but I got a little, little nervous a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I had to call my nerves and I looked up and I got a call from the Minnesota Timberwolves who brought his entire team to a chapel service to meet me and I asked me to speak to him and um those Thibodeau and so you know uh the, the nerves got to me a little bit but I really just did what I continued to do which is share the gospel because really it's the message of Jesus that does it you know I know I'm not important in that I'm special really God loves us all he's just looking for a willing vessel somebody that would be submissive and obedient and so uh began to share it with them. And those guys became dedicated. Giannis and his family joined the church. And Chris Middleton had, um, had started talking to me about joining, but he was hesitant and I didn't know what that issue was. And so uh, I, I spoke, I ran into his mother and his father one time at a game. And I said, hey, I love having your son in church. And his mom stopped and she said, Chris Middleton's been coming to your church? I said, yeah, he's been in church. He's been in church for the last you know, two months. She said, he told me 12 years ago, he had never go to church again. And I, did, I didn't know how big of a miracle, I'm, I'm kind of just like sharing the story wildly, but I didn't even know how big of a miracle it was that God was working, even in those simple things. And so the team reached out to me and said, hey, we don't know what you're doing, you know what I mean? But these guys won't go to chapel and chapel is across the hallway from their locker room, but you have them driving 30 minutes to go to church halfway across the city inside of a high school. You don't even have a building and they're coming to church. And I laughed a little bit and I said, I didn't want to tell them because they, didn't, they wouldn't understand it, but pastors would understand. I was like, it's the message of Jesus. It's the gospel. When the gospel is preached, right? He's the hope of the world. 
And um, I became the chaplain with the team. I started working with the team more personally and more closely. And uh, it's been some, it's, it's been a huge blessing, but in all of these blessings, it adds stress. So uh, if all of this is happening at one time, it's uh, our church growing from eight people to 1300 people while also uh, us purchasing our facility this year, while also being the chaplain for an NBA team, you know, in the, in the, in the, the space of three years, uh, it was like being stretched quickly and fastly. And uh, a few things that I've learned in my own personal story that has really, really been a blessing to me. Uh, one of the things that I learned is to never push away help when God sends it. The Bible says help comes from the sanctuary. And one of the things for me is that God has always blessed me to send the right connections, the right people and the right partnerships at the right time. And uh, the Solomon's Foundation was just that for me. It was more than just uh, a building, sincerely. Um, we were able to get some finance from another organization as well. And I'm happy I came with Solomon's Foundation now because it wasn't just about the money. It was about the relationships. It was about the partnerships. And for me, that is the, that is the greatest currency ever. Uh, the relationship is Randy Wheeler. I, mean, I got to put roses on a few people uh, who was a tremendous brother to me. I was a, a non-denominational pastor here uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And believe it or not, Lutheran and Baptist dominate our city. You know, uh, literally dominate our city. When I say dominate, almost every church you see, they're going to be Lutheran or Baptist. And you may you have a few Catholics. Um, and so when when I talked with Randy, he told me restoration. We started having conversations. I said, Randy, I had never heard of restoration churches. And he was like, how can you have never heard? I said, I don't know, but I was born and raised in a little city. I had never heard of restoration movement. And uh, like a big brother, he kind of just grabbed me like, hey. Let me talk to you a bit. And so I was up at five o'clock in the morning texting Randy, right? I'm doing my own research. I'm like, hey, I found these three articles I've been reading. And I was like, how do I join? He was like, well, you, it's not like a membership. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't really join in like that, Ken. It's really just a fellowship of churches. And uh, he sent me some stuff and uh, poured some wisdom into me. So thank Randy for that. And also thanking Bill, who's like, Bill, uh, he, he's it's, 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 this, it's this weird dichotomy because Bill is like, the, the most nice guy and the pit bull in the room at the same time. And I don't know how he pulls it off, but uh, he's come alongside, <laughs> come alongside with our team, with the construction side. He's like kind and smiling, but then he turns it on. He's like, but Kim, we're going to get this done. <laughs> we're going to shut this down. And uh been a tremendous blessing for me, but, but sincerely it's been the relationships because uh, the Sevens Foundation has shrouded us with so many amazing people. Um, uh, to, to, to pour wisdom into us, to add value to us, to add to the relationship that we have. And uh, honestly, without those relationships, without those connections, we really wouldn't be in the place that we are right now. Um, Randy sat and talked with our team, talked with our leadership team, poured wisdom um, into them. And uh, even just continuing to see that space and navigating those relationships that God has been able to, 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 to put me into. And um, I was talking to my mom just two months ago, I said, Mom, I always, I always promised you I was going to make it to the NBA. And she laughed. I said, I'm not playing, but I'm preaching the gospel in the NBA. And so I kept to my promise that, that I made it to the NBA. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a real blessing uh, navigating those relationships. Uh, one of the biggest things for me is remembering to see these as souls and not just, uh, not just like, targets or famous people because what I've dealt with 
and many of, of working with many of the guys in the NBA because I'm a chaplain with the Bucks, but I'm also a chaplain through the NBA. So I've had times to meet with um, Damian Lillard, um, Tobias Harris, and talking to those guys and, and Devin Booker and them sharing like, hey, man, sometimes in this space, not really, not really knowing um, someone that they can trust. And, and, and what I started realizing was that for us as pastors and getting into the space, that really the integrity and the trust of the shepherd had to be restored. Sincerely, the integrity and the trust where people can say, I trust this person, not just about the message, not just that you have a good sermon, but sincerely, can I trust you as a leader, as a shepherd? Am I a target for you? Am I just a dollar sign for you? Uh, is this relationship about what, what I can get out of it? And um, for me, I've always protected that. Literally to this day, I've always protected it so much to the point of where I've never asked for a dollar. A couple of the players have sown some seeds into the church because of the goodness of their heart. But I said, I don't ask for a dollar, I teach the word. So if I'm teaching giving, it's because the word says give. If I'm teaching something, it's the word of God, but it's about protecting that, um, that relationship. And uh, it's, it's been a blessing for me, even though uh, it seems to be stressful, I can be honest, I really have not been stressed. If I can be 100% transparent with you, three years we grew rapidly. We're now in the construction phase, I'm working the chapter with the NBA. I've been stretched beyond measure. Time has been stretched, all of that. But it's my passion. It's something that I love to do. Uh, and, I, and I've been taught this since I was a kid. They, they always said, hey, when you grow up, whatever you do, do something that you love. Because if you do something that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And so uh, I, I, I do feel for, for those that, you know, for like, man, this is a lot to deal with. It's frustrating. And, and to be honest, for me, it's kind of like it's just part of the game. Like, you know, you, you're going you're gonna to deal with some difficult seasons. You're going to deal with some hardships. You're going to deal with sometimes as if my pastor's no sleepless nights. You know, you got to sacrifice your sleep because uh, somebody needs you to meet them at a hospital or somebody needs prayer. Or there has to be a moment where you sacrifice. But it's like it's, it's what comes with the duty. It's the, it's the beauty of being a shepherd. It's almost like being a football player, but complaining people are tackling you. You know what I mean? Like every time I get in the game, somebody tackles me. <laughs> I just want to run with the ball. And then he jumped on me and she, you know, it's like, it's part of the game. It's one of those things you realize that whenever God trusts us um, to really cover so many lives, it will come with a certain level of responsibility. And the Bible I read says to whom much is given, much is required. And so I really do appreciate the opportunity to be able to, uh, to partner with Solomon and also to be able to love and to change our city because that's what it's about for me. Our church, one of the biggest stats that I'm most proud of is that 75% of our church was in nobody's church three years ago. That 75% of our church was in nobody's church three years ago. The reason I love that the most is because that represents discipleship and not church transplants. I'm a pastor's kid, so I know what it is to, you know, have people just come from one church to the next, and then when they stop liking you, they go on to the next church, and whenever you start preaching what's favorable to them, they go on to the next church, and I, and I told our launch team, I said, hey, I don't want that. I do not want to go after anybody who has a church home. Our goal is to go after people who don't know Jesus, and um, that was our church, so it was, it was fun that first year or two years because you know, as a pastor, you start realizing how much time you have to take with simple lessons for new believers. 
Like the Holy Spirit can't be a two a two week course. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit has to. You may have to spend eight weeks and then come back again two months later, really spending time walking through what it is to uh to live with the Holy Spirit. So for me, it's been a tremendous, tremendous blessing, and I value those good moments. Believe it or not, I value those stresses. Those stresses for me aren't bad stresses. They're good stresses because I look at it this way. If God trusts us enough to pour more into our, into our bosom, to pour more into our responsibility, to pour more into our care, then it's an honor. And it really is a privilege to be able to love on God's people uh, in this way and in this, um, in, in this perspective. So uh, it's, been, it's been an amazing journey for me, uh, continuing to grow with our church, continuing to raise up the leadership team um, and raising them up to know what it looks like to be able to make a difference on such a national and global scale. And so even now, uh, pastors around the world are starting to reach out. We're having conversations because um, we, we broke history. I think you saw in the video that I, I'm the first ever barber and chaplain for any organization. And I'm also the youngest chaplain uh, in the NBA. And uh, I told my mom, I said, the reason I believe that God opened that opportunity is because fame doesn't make me change my message. That uh, whatever I preach uh, on a Sunday morning, that's what I'm going to preach in the locker room. That's what I'm going to preach on the road. That's what I'm going to preach in the middle of the court. And that is that Jesus is the answer. He's the hope of the world. So uh, I didn't want to take too much of your time. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to share my heart and share my story. Um, and if you have any questions, I'm always willing to answer. So thank you, Bill. Thank you, Renee. Uh, thank you, Wes.